Welcome to Exhortations for Today, a podcast designed to exhort, uplift, and equip today's Christian woman. Are you looking to grow your faith? Or maybe you need a little inspiration. If so, settle in and join me on today's episode. Hi, I'm Dana Everett, and thank you for joining me on today's episode of Being Salty. Let's discuss how as a believer in Christ Jesus, we are called to be the salt of the earth. In today's slang, being salty carries negative connotations or has a negative meaning. It can mean that someone is upset, they're bitter, or completely something else. Let's change that word again to one that we would be called by Jesus. Jesus spoke about salt three times. Or at least it was recorded three times. So let's look at the meaning behind each of those passages. We're going to start off by reading Matthew 5.13. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt has lost his savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing, but to be cast out and to be trodden underfoot of men. And in the paraphrased version is basically saying, But what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? In this first passage, we see Jesus giving what we term the Sermon on the Mount, where he's speaking to those who were disciples or were considering to be disciples. He's teaching them the expectations of how followers of Christ were to live. And he also outlines the character traits of those who are in the kingdom of God. After the blessed attributes are given, he then informs them of how they would be treated and how they should respond, which I covered on the last episode. It's called Count It All Joy. And now as he ends the Sermon on the Mount, we see that Jesus begins to speak about how they should be displayed as in salt and light. What does it mean to be the salt of the earth? It's an interesting analogy for Jesus to use. In essence, he's saying, you are my disciples sent into the world. And as you can see from the Sermon on the Mount, some of those attributes, peacemaker, poor in spirit, um, etc. He's saying that those attributes they look different from those that we are sent into. In other words, we're sent into the world. In essence, he's saying, you are my disciples sent into the world, but we don't look like the world. We're different because we display those attributes of the kingdom of God. Now, when you think about the use of salt for food, how will you define its use? Think about a piece of chicken. Think about eating that plain chicken with no salt. Tasty, huh? Even if you put spices on it, it still lacks a certain flavor that salt gives. Now take that same plain chicken and add salt. It now enhances the flavor of that chicken, doesn't it? Making it more useful for a meal or to eat. That is what we are called to be like in the world around us. Add a little flavor to the world, that is. We are to enhance 
and to bring glory to the Father. It is our duty to be the salt of the earth, taking on those attributes and modeling them to the world. Jesus also, in the same passage, rhetorically asks, If salt loses its savor or flavor, can you make it salty again? I've seen people in their study of this passage look at all the chemical components and dive deep into the physical attributes of salt. But I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole. Jesus is using a metaphor to make them think. In other words, he's saying, would I sprinkle salt on my food if it didn't provide any flavor-enhancing benefits? If it wasn't salty? I know for me it's a no. For most of you, it's probably a no as well. So in this context, we are the salt of the earth displays godly attributes to a lost and dying world. These attributes highlight who we are. The next time we have salt discussed by Jesus, it's in Mark chapter 9, verses 49 and 50. Let's take a look. For everyone shall be salted with fire, and every sacrifice shall be salted with salt. Salt is good, but if salt has lost its saltiness, wherewith will ye season it? Have salt in yourselves, and have peace one with another. And again, we have this rhetorical question. And in a paraphrased version, it says, But if it loses its flavor, how do you make it salty again? Now, these verses has had much written and discussed about them. I would like to look at the entirety of the message to the disciples to draw from his meaning. In the previous verses, Jesus instructed them to live without causing offenses to others, which would cause people to stumble and to fall. He was also teaching them to understand that the kingdom was more than rewards. As they pondered who was greater, it would involve sacrifices. Let's take a look at two verses to help us with the correlation between salt and sacrifices. Leviticus chapter 2 verses 13. Season all your grain offerings with salt to remind you of God's eternal covenant. Never forget to add salt to your grain offerings. Ezekiel 43 verses 24. You are to present them to the Lord, and the priests are to sprinkle salt on them and offer them as burnt offerings to the Lord. And now one more related scripture concerning sacrifices. Romans 12.1 I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. So when we go back to Mark chapter 9, verse 49, and we're reading about every sacrifice shall be salted with salt, we can't understand the, uh, the context. The Jews understood during that time what he was relating it to. 
But it's hard in our time period when we don't perform those same outward sacrifices. As believers, we are refined by trials and fire, each and every one of us, so that we can bring honor and glory to Christ. It is the spirit that sanctifies and burns away the chaff in our lives, making us acceptable sacrifices. We are now faced with the same question that Christ asked in the book of Matthew. But this time, the instruction is to have salt in ourselves and peace with others. Here, he is calling us to live an acceptable life, one of sacrifice and in unity. Finally, we're going to look at a third occasion of the mention of salt in Luke 14, Verses 34 and 35. Salt is good, but if the salt has lost his savor, wherewith shall it be seasoned? Same question. It is neither fit for the land, nor yet for the dunghill. But men cast it out. He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. I don't want to overlook the often mentioning of salt is good. Salt is good. That is, it's an excellent thing. It's excellent in its nature and in its characteristics. Jesus presents these rhetorical questions to bring emphasis to the point. In verse 35, I'm not going to present any deep science or chemistry behind the properties of salt. Only that salt has use in agricultural purposes, such as composting and soil treatment, especially back in, the, in those times. Now, with that said, we can look before to previous verses to put everything in context. In prior verses, we see a large crowd following Christ. I think they're thinking, this is a great man. Look at all the healing and the miracles that he's accomplishing. Not to mention all of the wisdom that he's speaking. People today admire and follow men for less. Can you imagine being followed around? And Jesus was followed around often. Scripture says Jesus turned around towards the crowd to explain to them that there is a cost to being his disciple. If you really want to follow me, here is what that encompasses. He's pretty much explaining to them, don't rush into this without understanding the consequences of following him. Following him means not to depend on anything or anyone else. But Jesus, Jesus was calling for a full dependency on him. He told us in verse 33, So likewise, whosoever he be of you that forsaketh not all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. How else can we be salt? As disciples of Christ, he is leading us not to follow him superficially. That is Christian on the surface. There is a clear distinction that Christ wanted them to understand concerning following him around versus following him. 
There are true sacrifices that come with being a disciple of Christ. And if you are not sacrificing everything that you are, you are not a disciple. You are compromised. He's saying you don't have any use in the kingdom. And just for reference, in Matthew 10, verses 38 and 39, And he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. He that findeth his life shall lose it. And he that loseth his life for my sake shall find it. As the salt of the earth, we are to proclaim to the world the truth of the gospel by the godly attributes that we have in display. We are called to live as disciples to advance the kingdom of God and to bring glory and honor to the name of Jesus Christ. If we neglect this calling, we have become useless, useless to the cause of the gospel and fail to be an impact and influence in a dark world. We are either salty or saltless. I know which one I would rather be. I will leave you with one more scripture. 1 Peter 2.12 I'm going to read the NLT version. Be careful to live properly among your unbelieving neighbors, that even if they accuse you of doing wrong, they will see your honorable behavior. And they will give honor to God when he judges the world. Thanks for listening to Exhortations for today. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing. And tell a friend so we can grow our community. Thank you.